Breaking news from The Athletic. This is Andy Staples from The Athletic. I am here with our national recruiting writer, Ari Wasserman, to talk National Signing Day. This is the day when the best high school football players in America put pen to paper and then paper to fax machine to decide where they're going to play in college. Ari, I know this probably sounds like it could have been recorded anytime between, well, I don't know, 2008 and now, but Alabama having another great signing class? Yeah, uh, they just, as we started recording this, Andy, I guess your Alabama's good luck charm, uh, Alabama made their... I don't think they need it. Yeah, I don't think they need it, but you are. Uh, they flipped their second commitment from LSU on the day. The, the most recent one is wide receiver JoJo Earl, um, who's a top 50 prospect. And, you know, Alabama's been in a head-to-head uh, race for, for months on who's going to be the, the number one class in the country. And, you know, Ryan Day's trying to do something at Ohio State that Urban Meyer never did, uh, surprisingly, in his seven years running the program, and that's win the recruiting crown. And it looks like Nick Saban is about to put a bow on his ninth, which makes me ask you, is this man even a human? Listen, he understands that Jimmy's and Joe's are the most important thing. The, the difference is he's good at the X's and O's, too. And I think that they've kind of made a, a situation in Alabama because they produce so many number one draft picks. I mean, they, they've had 17 number one draft picks since 2005. That sort of makes its own gravy in recruiting because that's what players want. Good high school players, you can talk about do they win games, do they have nice facilities, all that stuff. All they want to know is, can you turn me into a first-rounder? And Alabama can say better than anyone else, yes, we can turn you into a first-rounder. And I think, I think that's the advantage they have at this point over some other really good programs like Clemson and, and Ohio State that are also great at turning people into first-rounders. It's those ones that haven't established that history that really have an uphill climb. Yeah, and I, I looked up an interesting stat on Tuesday um, – or Monday, one of the, the previous two days. I can't remember because it's signing week and every day is the same. Um, but the stat was going into signing day, of the top 100 players nationally in the 247 sports composite rankings, uh, 38 were committed to one of four schools. Uh, Alabama, of course, uh, Clemson, Georgia, and Ohio State. And as we continue forward, uh, with decisions still to be made and some decisions still happening, um, that number is probably now somewhere in the mid-40s. And the the statistic is going to wind up being that 50 of the top 100 players nationally um, are going to the same four schools. And I don't know that people properly appreciate how crazy it is or how crazy good you have to be at football to be a top 100 player in the country uh, when there's hundreds of thousands of players playing the sport across uh, coast to coast. But that is an insane statistic. And as we you know, just wrapped up arguing about the playoff not more than 12 hours ago, this is the reason why the same four teams are in this mix constantly because it's just the same group of guys going for the most elite level players. And I don't know what you would think would be the solution to that because as long as you have the Nick Sabans of the world and these programs that are churning out NFL draft picks year after year, what is the solution to that? Is the solution to expand the playoff and give other programs a chance to sell playing for a national championship? Is it to you know put a cap on recruiting budgets? Like I don't know what you do because as this continues, it continues to get worse and worse from a competitive parity standpoint. Make some more first rounders. That's how you you make yourself better in recruiting. <laughs> That's chicken your, or your the challenge. egg, though, right? I mean, like you you have to it get is. the players it definitely to get is. It, yeah. the, the, a lot better raw material to work with if you're signing four and five stars. Speaking of which, 
The number one player in America, according to 24-7 Sports Composite, is Corey Foreman. He's a, a defensive end from Corona, California, Centennial High. So this is one of those weird early signing day things that has popped up since the early signing day started a few years ago. Corey Foreman has signed with the school. We just don't know which one because he's got an announcement scheduled for two weeks from now. You got to love it. I mean, he's been the most talked about recruit during the entire cycle. And if you guys remember, Foreman was the the number one recruit that we spoke about in April when he decommitted from Clemson. And I remember when that happened because he wanted to visit other schools and Dabo Sweeney had a no-visit policy. And I wrote a column and it made people angry at the time, but uh, the whole idea of there's no such thing as a no-visit rule when you're a five-star prospect because no matter what you want to do, uh, that team is going to take you. Uh, and sure enough, Corey Foreman was at a Clemson game a week and a half ago hanging out with DJ Ungale's dad. So, like, I don't know if Clemson's going to be the team. Uh, LSU was the leader for a while now, uh, and it seems like they're falling a little bit. Arizona State and USC um, seem to be the trendy picks right now because of, of staying close to home. Uh, but the man has made multiple trips on his own dime to LSU. LSU. He he flew during the pandemic to go see Clemson again. And, you know, Georgia's also in the mix. So, you know, I, I think that it's a fun dynamic to, to announce on national TV and make an event of it. I feel like if I were a prospect, I would do the same thing uh, because that's like kind of the way we all know and love recruiting. Uh, Twitter's kind of ruined it a little bit, but, um, you know, that's the fun of it. And whoever gets this kid is going to be very happy because every year there's one or two generational defensive ends like the Joey Bosa's of the world or the J. Davion Clownies of the world that just are are jacked large individuals who are going to make an impact from day one. Chase Young was another one that was like that. We're talking about a six foot four, two hundred and seventy pound. Nick Bosa man. also was a number one who was like yeah. that. So half of them yeah. are Bosa brothers, and he's one of those. So whoever gets this kid um, is definitely going to be in the mix. And I think it's an interesting discussion too, Andy, because the Pac-12 and <laughs> Uh, you and me ribbing each other about USC being dead in the in the national championship race, but the Pac-12 has done a tremendous job, uh, or maybe more specifically Oregon and, and USC have, on keeping some of these blue-chip prospects at home much better than they have in the past. And if USC can keep Foreman home um, or keep him at least in the Pac-12 footprint, that's a way to get that conference back into relevance because you need to keep the players who are in California in California or at least at Oregon or, or Phoenix. So with all the questions about Jim Harbaugh's future at Michigan – it feels like Michigan's been pretty active today. So what what's going on in Ann Arbor? I'm actually having like a really hard time uh, with this because I have to write a winners and losers column after everything is over with on signing day, and I'm trying to figure out whether Michigan is a winner or a loser. I think they're a winner, and I'm going to put them as a winner, but I'm very curious to hear what you think. So Michigan has been going after four-star uh, running back Donovan Edwards out of West Bloomfield, uh, Michigan, for for six months now, and they've they've missed on some guys in state, but this has been their like crown crown jewel of their class, and they got him uh, on Friday or I mean on Wednesday, excuse me, and um, that is a huge win for Harbaugh, especially during a time in which he doesn't have a contract. Um, but earlier in the day, Michigan lost a. Top 110 player, number 109, uh, Brendan Jennings out of Jacksonville to Maryland. I know, say it again three times and it still won't seem real. And, and they lost another top defensive hey, end. Team Jarrett did the same thing from LSU to Maryland last year and turned out to be a pretty good player. Yeah, well, I mean, he was a good player before he got to Maryland. But, uh, you know, that's uh, it's funny how five-star prospects kind of translate, isn't it? Um, but also they lost uh, their their... Uh, another defensive end in Quentin Somerville out of Scottsdale, Arizona, Saguaro, who's now going to UCLA. Um, and they their, their class is pretty good. I think they've got 
four or five, the five top 100 players uh, nationally on the offensive side of the football joining them. And I think that's more than the previous three years combined. But on the defensive side of the ball, they lost two of their most important defensive commitments. And it's kind of hard to like put into to perspective. You got the guy in state to stay home. Uh, they have a lot of tools, a nice nucleus for a future offensive uh, juggernaut, potentially, if things go the right way. But on the other hand, too, it's like, what is happening to their defense? So, like, did they win to you or did they lose today? Uh, the fact that they signed a pretty good class, I think, makes them a winner, given the circumstances, given the fact that it's really hard to tell a player, if you're a coach at Michigan, what is going to happen in the future. And you know that everybody who's recruiting against them is saying, well, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to be back. Or have you, have you asked him what's going to happen with, with Coach Harbaugh? Do you know what's going to happen? Do you know what's going to happen? And so despite that pressure, they still signed this class. I think that's probably a win. And if you're Jim Harbaugh and you've got one year left on your contract and trying to figure out if you're going to get extended or, or not come back, that gives you a, a good foundation to say, you should bring me back. Yeah, yeah. I, I The thing about it is, is that they've had guys. They've had guys. And the thing that is interesting is is that the, the biggest disconnect, and, and not even comparing them directly to Ohio State, because I don't even know if that's that's fair anymore. But the problem they've had, they've had talent. Like Penn State and, and Michigan, I think, are very similarly talented. Penn State has done a very good job of cultivating a developmental environment to put the team on the field that's going to give Ohio State a hard time. Michigan, outside of the 2016 game, has been unable to develop its players. And it's funny because during Monday Night Football on, on Monday, Donovan Peoples-Jones was out there catching balls for the Browns like he like he's Calvin Johnson. And it's just like this guy never had a 100-yard rec- reception game or a 100-yard receiving game at Michigan in his entire career. And he was a top 30, top 20 p- player. So, you know, the next thing is, is can Michigan develop these guys? And if they can, then things will be a lot better, obviously. But will Jim Harbaugh have enough opportunity to use the players that they signed on Wednesday to actually prove that he can develop guys? And, and the contract that Nick Baumgartner said uh, had been floated is is a lower annual salary, but higher for for assistance and, and staff and in and, and places that they can use to improve their actual you know program. Uh, but I don't know that he's going to be around long enough to develop these guys. I don't know. Nobody knows. The thing is, if you're if you're looking at schools you can be reasonably sure Michigan's going to hire a pretty good coach if they go away from Harbaugh so it's not that huge of a risk it's still a name brand program it's still a good education so I I don't think that's a huge risk signing with them so I I understand why those guys would say you know what I'm not going to worry about Jim Harbaugh's future I'm going to sign and I think my future will be fine but Ari we're just gonna have to wait and see this signing period goes through Friday, and then there's another signing period in February. This will be a weird one. We want to see how many guys out of high school get signed this year because the transfer portal is going to be very active because the rules are going to change and guys who are undergrads are going to be able to transfer and and play right away. This is going to be a very intriguing next few months on the recruiting scene. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, You can go to the Athletics' new headline section for much more on this story. And to get access to all the Athletics' great sports content, visit theathletic.com slash headline pod, where you can buy a one-year subscription for yourself, and you'll get one to give to a friend or to a family member. And by the way, you will instantly become their favorite friend or family member when you give them a year of the Athletic. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) 